Welcome to Filmstrip, movie reviews presented by Continuous Play Podcast. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Nick. And this is our review of Planet of Dinosaurs, starring James Whitworth, Pamela Bataro, Louis Lawless, Harvey Shane, Charlotte Spear, Chuck Pennington, Demo Wild, Michael Thayer, and Mary Appleseth. Directed by James Shea. Released in 1977, 78, and 79, depending on what country you're from. Uh, extremely low budget, and I have no idea if they actually ever made any money off this. It's been on DVD several times. But, uh, you know, Nick, we've been doing movies from the 90s and uh, things like that. And uh, then you brought this to me. And I just have to ask, where did you find this? Well, I figured we had to go back to the 70s. We've only um, really discussed uh, probably, a f- I want to say, one movie from the 70s. And that would probably be Alien, unless my uh, memory is incorrect here. But uh, I figured we should do another seminal classic from the late 70s. And uh, <laughs> Planet of the Dinosaurs came to mind. Uh, a little background on this movie, since I haven't even told you this story, was I remember as a child, and you would probably remember these at the mall, remember Suncoast Video? Yes, very much so. Yeah, like remember, like they had Suncoast Video, Sam Goody, um, all all those like video CD stores that were just such yeah. ripoffs. I mean, it'd be like so much money to buy anything there. But for Christmas, I got a gift card to Suncoast Video, and now mind you, I was like nine years old. So I go there and I bought two movies. I bought Aliens, and I bought. Planet of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> I I saw it. I liked the cover art, and I was like, I want to see this. So I used my gift card. I had like a forty dollar gift card. Had to borrow a little money from my mom because back then VHSs weren't were pretty expensive. I was about to say you put some so, money on this then. So. I did, man. I put a big investment into this movie, and this was one of these movies that was on a constant rotation at my <laughs> house. I I when we were talking about what movie we we're gonna do next, and I just. I threw this out there. I don't even know where this came from. I think it was kind of like a running joke, kind of like Congo was for me on Facebook. So I'm like, hey, let's do Planet of the Dinosaurs. And when I started to watch this, I actually watched it from a hotel room um, earlier this week. I like knew like every little part of this. It all like started like, coming back to me. It was like, like kind of like, you know, I haven't, I haven't rode a bike in like four years, but I guarantee if I got on a bike, I know how to ride it. And it's like the same thing with this movie where I knew every little beat Every character, lines from this movie, dinosaurs encounters, and it was just it's pleasant memories from my childhood. I just remember watching this on our uh what was it, like our twenty-seven inch tube TV in the family room that have like one of those like big giant oak stands. You probably you probably still oh, use yeah. that, Jay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what one looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know, we had our uh God, what was that? Like our Toshiba VHS player that my dad bought in like '84. They probably spent about three hundred dollars on, you know. So. Oh, he spent like five hundred dollars on that thing. Like it was like a top of the line VHS player, and uh, yeah, I just remember like just watching this movie. It was like this movie, 
Batman and I think Aladdin were like the three movies I just watched like over and over and over again. And then of course we had HBO for a little bit and I'm getting to weird tangents here, but I remember like when we used to get like the free like HBO, like every like three months, my dad used to just like record HBO all the time. It was like, we just record, we used to go get like tons of VHS tapes and just record, record, record. So I remember having like a bunch of like Indiana Jones movies on like, you know, rotation, but <laughs> somehow this one always found its way in on like Saturday mornings. Like our Saturday morning routines was get up, do our homework, clean our room. And then I'd have the rest of the day to watch movies. And I'd probably watch this one probably once a month. Wow. So I've seen this movie dozens of times, See, dozens that, of times. That's amazing. Cause I, like I said, I had no idea this even existed. I don't even think I had, you know, spent time just blowing by it you know in late night cable I, it may it looked to me like something that would have been on mystery science theater and maybe it has been i don't know it actually uh neat tidbit this was the first movie that mystery science theater did that and is it amazing even, it is it is and it was actually like i think like and correct me if i'm wrong i'm you know someone probably will but um it was the pilot episode for mystery science theater 3000 and it had actually like a different robot it wasn't like the uh standard robots that are in that show it was like there was like a different robot that was reviewing this movie. So this movie, I, I mean, it does have a little bit of a cult following. I think the budget for this movie was like a million dollars. And um, it's just one of these old throwback movies that uses a lot of that uh, stop motion animation for yeah. the dinosaurs, which I find so cool. I, I love that. I, I love the old Ray Harryhausen stuff, you know, Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonauts, all, all that stuff. So I that's why I was surprised I had never seen the thing because I, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff too. But I had missed this one completely, like I said. And this feels like the kind of movie that had been made or was slated to be made and then got thrown into production quick when Star Wars came out and just blew everybody's mind. Or after you know Star Wars became a hit, it got re-released and re-released and repackaged you know two or three times. I said it was released you know several different times through the years uh, in the 70s there. So it feels like the the post Star Star Wars 70s sci-fi boom and all the stuff that came out in it. And I mean, the only little bit of background I could find on it was that they decided to spend most of the money, if not all of it, on the, the special effects, which I, what do you think? This is an hour and 24 minutes long. There may be seven minutes of the film, you know, and the rest of it, they just got no name. Like I, I've never heard of a single one of these actors. I don't think I've seen any one of them in anything else. I have no idea who these people are. So like, if you're, if you're listening to me, do the intro credits there, folks, and you're like, who in the hell is that? That's exactly what I said. I had no idea who any of these people are. They could have been porn stars from the Valley for all I knew in the seventies. I had, I've never <laughs> seen any of these people. Very well could have been. I mean, I think this movie was probably, you know, this was kind of created, I think, on like the tail end of like the Planet of the Apes um, spectacle. You know, we yeah. got the five original Planet of the Apes movies. And this one is, I mean, let's be honest, as opposed to being apes on a planet, this is dinosaurs. It's the exact same plot as Planet of the Apes, but just swap apes with dinosaurs for the most part. Yeah, almost entirely. You're, you're dead on with that. And, you know, to me... I there's there's some fun to be had in this kind of you know kitsch and stuff and we'll see if this is you know holds up i think you you've brought up something interesting though is childhood memories i have had such a weird turn as an adult going back to things that i loved as a child and then realizing how really bad a lot of it was <laughs> and uh, some of it has held up sure but some of it is like ee gads why did i like that one you know and and i just you know, can't go back to it so it's neat that this holds up for you even all these years 
later uh, that that you still like it and uh, that you you knew it so well because like I said I you know I watched this through and it's on YouTube by the way folks so I mean, you can watch it for, I guess it's out of you know print or whatever nobody really cares to <laughs> keep up with the copyright on it now I guess but you can watch it and uh, we'll talk about some of the production value there and I want to know if it's a a part of the YouTube transfer or if uh, it just is that poorly shot uh, but we'll we'll get into it as we go I think we need to do a plot summary here though and uh, you know I've got the the scantest of plot summaries for you here Nick I mean like it this may take the record for the shortest one ever that we have okay hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on this, Jay. let me just throw i know you got one written down let me just kind of wing this okay? okay go for it let's see how it goes okay so we got a group of astronauts and they're flying in outer space and a malfunction happens and the spaceship they decide that they got to get out the spaceship and they get onto basically like the uh think of like alien with a nostromo they get on the space shuttle and they go to a pl- the nearby planet and they crash land into some water they, the crew survives it, but slowly, one by one, they start getting picked off by what turns out to be dinosaurs. It turns out this planet that they land on is a pre, is similar to Earth. Think of like a, a a planet that is juvenile to what Earth was, you know, 65 million years ago, and they land on it during that time, same evolution pattern. And as I said, they all get picked off one by one by the dinosaurs, and it turns out the big bad of this movie of course is a tyrannosaurus rex so towards the end of the movie they decided they got to band together to kill the t-rex in order to be able to survive so with a kind of the world's dumbest plot they decide to <laughs> lure the t-rex out of its cave because we all know you know paleontology has shown us that t-rexes lived in caves but uh the t-rex then chases after them and they set up a big giant spear which the t-rex runs into they kill the t-rex end of the movie is that they're all living in you know they they set up a little civilization for themselves one of the, one of the couples there has a kid and they don't care if they're going to be rescued anymore because they've made this now their new home end of movie but bravo sir bravo from the from the hip i will tell you folks we generally write the plot summary down nick did that from nothing <laughs> like that that's amazing that you know this that well because i was going to say a space shuttle crashes, dinosaurs are there, and they decide to kill the big one, the end. Oh, and they walk around a lot, because you know, that happens quite a bit, but I think you gave us a lot more details. So um, let's get into this, though, just right from that opening shot. Um, I I see why you get an alien feel off of this, because I felt the twinges of the opening shots of alien and aliens when the you know the big craft is going overhead and it's silent it's not really an action shot as much as it's a just a you know an overpowering scene and then we get on the bridge with the the captain and somebody else and there's another you know female person there and i don't know what everybody's role is that's one thing i'm confused about so maybe you can clear that up for me what exactly is the mechanical function I don't know what the ship's doing out there. They never really established that. I'm thinking something more along the lines of like Star Trek. It's just like an exploration vehicle spaceship out there. And how you can tell the characters apart is that every male and female are almost like duos and they all have the same outfit on. So think almost like Star Trek about how there's like the red shirts and the blue shirts and, you know, they all have like match, you know, there's different colors for, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, In this, this case, there's the shirtless guy, but there's not the shirtless girl. 
don't know, which is disappointing, but we do get one that's kind of close. But you got the, uh, the, the the two captains of the ship, uh, the guy with the mustache, and then the yeah. girl with the short hair. <laughs> They're kind of the ones in command. And then you got, like, your um, maintenance um, crew, which is the ones in blue, which is you have the guy with the beard, and then you have um, – I want to say maintenance is kind of like support where you have the girl in the blue who is the doctor, and then you have um, the uh, two – people in yellow who have or not not in yellow um i forget what color they're in but um you have the uh the big guy and then you have mm-hmm. the it's kind of a brown the, orange thing yeah 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 and then you got the other female who doesn't last very long and then you got the like president let's just call this guy like uh no he's he's very clearly the vice president or whatever of the company because yeah, yeah. he keeps saying yeah, that like all the, the time yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's, like, he's, he's the a, vice president of Spaceways Incorporated. Lee is his name. That's all I can remember. Yeah, terrible haircut, uh, porn star mustache, and then he's got his uh, scantily clad secretary. Right. So they all get into the space <laughs> shuttle and um, they crash land on this planet. They have some minor troubles as they're going down. They're going into this planet too fast, and they end up crashing into the water. They escape out of it. They take a couple ray guns with them and then a radio, Yo, and they jump, uh, they jump hold, into the water. And they, hold, hold on about the ray guns for a second. Let's talk about the ray guns here, okay? They look like a vacuum canister with a clear rod stuck on the end of them. That's that's what we're talking about here. It's like yeah, it's like the kind of ray gun I would make up playing as a kid. Like I made my own, you know, space weapons and things like that. So I w- actually I found some charm in that though because they sold it like it was a big deal. Like only touch it here and don't do this here. And at one point, one of them was like, "You gave that to a civilian? Why?" And I thought, well, you know what? I kind of like the fact that they're they have to act like this prop is really a big deal. <laughs> you know, so it was. I mean, they're hilarious. Yeah, they, they make a big deal out of these guns, but these guns are like the most worthless guns ever made. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what anyone does anything good with them. I think it blinds a dinosaur once temporarily or something, but we get into that later. But no, we do get that early scene, though, where it's it's uh, Mary Appleseth is her name, and I, that, that's the uh, actress that decides, no, I'm, uh, Cindy is, her, is the character's name. I'm going back to get the radio. It's my job to get the radio. So she, of course, does the striptease. And then, uh, you know, down to underwear and then um, gets in the water. And I love that not only does she get eaten from beneath by something we don't see, but the music is even a ripoff of Jaws. I mean, it is that is a total Jaws ripoff. Totally. I mean, it, it's, it's a hilarious scene because, of course, she's got to strip down to her underwear. I mean, this is the, one of the funniest parts of the movie is they all jumped into the water in their suits. They get to the beach and then they realize that the radio transmitter that they need to be able to send out in the outer space to be able to get rescued is still out in this lake. So they're like, oh, we got to go back out there. So like her and the uh, the big guy, they decide they got to strip down into their, uh, you know, their underoos and get back in there. But it's like, your suit's already wet. Yeah, Chuck <laughs> is this guy's name. We need to talk about Chuck because Chuck is actually named after the actor that he's played. His, his name is Chuck Pennington, and so yeah. a lot of times the the character name is the same as the um, actress that's playing them, and it's probably because they could, they couldn't remember what they were supposed to be called. And yeah. so Chuck it's is the bare chested guy. Confusing. He probably yeah. been like you know they're talking to you know maybe his name was like Max or something. And <laughs> yeah, like and, Max, like, and it's like, dude, you're not paying attention when we call you Max. Let's just call him Chuck. Just call so. Chuck and be done with it. Yeah. So I mean. Chuck, you know, makes it back to land, but I, without the radio, by the way, they don't get this radio, and uh, that's kind of a big deal because that was the whole purpose of that. So Cindy has died for nothing. Yeah, and I, and I find it so funny because, like, 
this guy, he's like, he's like the big muscle guy of the group. And like, he, they're out there. He's, he's swimming. He probably swims out about 30 feet before the other girl gets eaten. And then he swims back and he's just like, he's all out of breath and laying there on the beach. He's like, oh, oh. and it's like, dude, my, my eight year old could swim that. No problem. Not be out of breath, but you are just <laughs> completely out of breath. Hey, just like laying on the beach and everybody's like coming, you know, like, Oh, we've got to help him. Oh, he's out of breath. Oh, he's hyperventilating. And it's like, give, give him credit. Me. He did just crash land through the atmosphere. No telling how long they've been in space. I mean, who knows what the atmosphere is like here? It's not exactly like earth, right? I mean, you know, maybe the air's thin. <laughs> so. Yeah, They're just trying to add a different dramatic effect. <laughs> oh, of course just, they it's, are. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny though, but, but you know, it's yeah, I'll say, I'll say this is is the, you know the first five minutes of this movie, and it's it's preposterous already. But it's, I'm going in knowing like this is low rent, you know, bozo, classy sci fi from the '70s. I will say this: it's charming and funny. Like I, you know, at least they're not they're not trying to force too much techno babble on me because that's that's a weakness of a lot of films of this era. I think where they try to like be so serious, and this film is not serious at all. Like it doesn't take itself seriously one bit, and that's what makes it fun to follow because it's when they're trying to over-explain everything in one of these films that I just get really done with, you know. And this oh, one yeah. doesn't do that at all. This is this is like a movie that was written by like a twelve-year-old. It really is. I mean, it's just like it goes from point to point to point to point. So after the after the underwear girl dies, you know it's not really the group gets over it pretty quick. They get over every death pretty quick in this movie. Yeah, no one's really yeah. close with any, anybody. I mean, I could tell like they've been in space for God knows how long, and they're like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the truth is, they're coworkers, and you know, yeah, oh, it sucks. I worked with them, but you know, I didn't really like them. So yeah, yeah. There's that whole thing of like I have I have work that. friends, and then I have friends, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they are. They don't all work friends. So anyway, so after she dies they decide that they gotta go hiking somewhere i don't know why but they're but they gotta go they gotta get out of there well they they actually make a decision i remember this i wrote it down they make a decision to you know survivor surviving is the primary goal and they explore the planet for a bit and like they they drop a laser gun you know in the swamp and the gun's unusable now and they they see a brontosaurus in this and they see like the tracks for it and all this and that's when they realize our best bet is to get to the high ground because we're going to get killed if we don't, you know, if we stay in the, the path and the lowlands of these things, not knowing that, of course, as we learn, the dinosaurs, you know, of course, inhabit the plateaus as well. But that's when they get through the heaviest bit of exposition is they do the whole like life scan on the planet and realize that it's like you said, 65 million or whatever years behind Earth's evolutionary track. So it's like another Earth, but it's just, you know, it's the baby Earth or or whatever. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the, you know, foliage is poisonous. And so they can't eat it. And so they, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do and they, they don't have a lot of food and they start going through rations. And I love that they do this whole bit about like, you know, what the ration consists of that you could live through. It's like someone described. Driving a, a meal ready to eat, an MRE for the military, you know, which mm-hmm. in the words of Crocodile Dundee, you can live on it, but it tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah it's it's funny. I mean, I, I the, the gun thing is just it's, it's hilarious in this. I, you know, what happens is the secretary of the vice president, uh, she's just kind of like one of these basket cases and the, uh, the skinny guy with the mustache decides to give her a gun <laughs> to calm her down. I mean, this is like the freaking uh, GOP dream right here. It's like, hey, take the gun. It's going to make everything all right. So they're, they're walking, of course, across this little pond and then she falls in and the gun, I mean, these are the most worthless guns in the world. It gets a little wet then it's completely shot. And like the captain, this guy with the, uh, 
I mean, God, every guy here has got the mustache besides the, uh, or got facial hair besides the muscle guy. And, uh, I just laugh right here. I'm just like, man, this is something out of the NRA because he's like, our chances of survival is now down by one gun. <laughs> yeah, G- Jim is like, it could have been played by Charlton Eston's like brother or something. You know, that's it's all about the weapons, even though we haven't seen them work yet. And what little we've seen of them has been completely ineffective. Like they they don't do anything with them. They yeah. don't seem to be able to really use them. So we get we we, we I mean we as you mentioned we get through our first scene with the brontosaurus you know they 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 fall asleep in the most awkward positions and the bearded guy wakes up and he he wakes up another the captain he's like you got to come take a look at this and they see the brontosaurus what did you think about the uh, stop motion you know what I actually thought it was really well done and the smart thing they did is they they limited the number of shots and there's a few and we'll talk about them when they happen but they limited the number of shots where the actors are in frame with the things because it, clearly it's miniatures and you know working against uh, uh, rear projection or forward projection and stuff like that but I thought for its time that didn't look very bad I mean it looked pretty good I I, I dare say Fast forward four years to Clash of the Titans, which is a childhood favorite of mine. Maybe one day we could revisit that. And the stop motion of there is not any better. I mean, it's just as good. I think it looked pretty good. Yeah, I I, I think it kind of holds up. I mean, it's got that. Obviously, it's stop motion, so it's not going to look realistic. But it's got a really kind of a cute charm, I guess you could say. It, you know what it reminded me of, Nick? Have you ever seen Godzilla 1985 with Burl Ives and all that kind of stuff in it? Uh, not Burl Ives. Yeah. Uh, Raymond we, Burr and and I I remember that, that one. Movie, Jay. Uh, no, we didn't because that never got released. Remember? So, oh. so yeah, that, that's one of those secret shows. That that's this, that's now I got to cut that out because nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. So, so back that up for just a second here. So no, I mean if you've ever seen Godzilla 1985 with uh, Raymond Burr in it, it kind of reminded me of that. Which I think that is mostly a guy in a suit, but there's some stop motion in there, and it I like stop motion. I mean it it also reminded me of the game Chewbacca plays on the Millennium Falcon game table. It looked like creatures from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But a- after they see the brontosaurus, they realize that you know this is like a prehistoric Earth, and that they got to get to the high grounds to be. But able I, to we, we got to talk creatures. though about about Chekhov's berries because I kept waiting for these poison berries, like for somebody to get desperate and try them anyway and die, you know. And like nobody did that. I kept waiting for that. Now they do use it in the end because apparently the stake that kills the t-rex is is laced with those as if driving a huge stake through it wouldn't i mean we're talking about like folks it's like a fort fence post that the thing runs through <laughs> it, it would have killed it from the the blunt force trauma of that but you no know, it needed to be poisoned too so it was but uh, they they set up these poison berries they spend time on them enough because I mean, there's they're, they're going to do something in a minute where they lose part of their food so you're going to start to realize how desperate times are becoming yeah, well, when when they're climbing up that, they, the one girl with the short hair, she drops the food rations off the cliff, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to go down there and get them." So they decide to keep on going on, and then they just, you know, they discover that I think it's some of the berries are poisonous, but some of them are not because they make wine out of the berries, though, too later. Right? Yeah, there there are some that are, and some that are. They've got some sort of contraption that still works, apparently, 
and and has you know figured out for them this is poisonous, this is not. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that piece of technology survived because that's that's a convenient piece to keep around. Um, yeah, you know, well, we didn't want else. this. We don't want this movie ending like the uh, Blue Lagoon. So. <laughs> well, it kind of does anyway. I mean, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. But Can we do well, that one next. <laughs> I, you know, uh, if you're talking about the Lifetime remake, uh, Ron will join us. But um, um, another day. The one thing that I love about this though is that the vice president of Spaceways, Harvey, I, who's also played by Harvey Shane, <laughs> discovers a nest of eggs, right? And it, they're, they're centrosauruses, which are basically, they look like rhinoceroses. Not, uh, they look like rhinoceroses, right? Just, you know, with longer tails or whatever. And yeah, I mean, he, it's, he steals it's, an it's egg like and he's like, yeah, he's like, it's eggs Benedict for us, baby, for, you know, years or whatever. And uh, then, uh, She's, you know, she's like, well, I don't know if we can take those or not. And then, sure enough, here comes the thing out of the cave after him. And this is when this movie begins gets to be hilarious to me, because you know, there's a miniature T Rex attacking at that point. There's um, the Centaurus, and as he is running away, Harvey gets impaled on this thing and thrown to the ground. And the next shot is of him, like he's supposed to have landed, you know, miles below, but or, or a mile below or whatever, not mile or hundreds of feet below right but he just sort of lays back from the back of a bush and i'm like literally rolling in the floor i'm watching this on my tablet in my bed and i'm just cracking up the whole time because i was like this movie is so full of crap and it is hilarious how all of this is going off it is and i and i i i find some of these like character interactions even before that just to be just just so funny and how cheesy it is because he's got the secretary and she's dressed like in this like you know 70s disco garb with just like the tummy top and the bell bottom yeah i know i'm mean, she looks like she's working at studio 54 you know? exactly <laughs> not for exactly. the best vice president and like, of anybody and you could tell like you know he's obviously hired her because you know whatever and um he, he's like ordering around like you'll get me water and then they got the skinny mustache guy he's like you don't have to go get him water and he's like you go get me water i'm vice president i can dock you to pay and stuff and it's just like almost like this like female empowerment where she's like no you don't need to protect me i can do what i want to do and she of course she throws a water bottle back at him and stuff and then he ends up getting killed anyways so right. well it was it was the 70s i mean you know that that's true so now we need to say something here we've skipped about 25 30 minutes of the movie where they're doing nothing but walking up and down the canyons in carlsbad yes. california there is there are extended scenes of these people walking up and down canyon floors like it's, it's like a spelunking documentary thrown in the middle of an 84 minute movie well just just imagine i mean they're, they're obviously like filming this movie like in you know new mexico or something like that and they're just or utah and all you do is you get you get like far away like panoramic shots of them and it's like this music's going on all the time where it's like oh yeah god the, the score the score here is hilarious it is so cheap it's like stock score from you know some bad italian horror movie or something i do love the opening score though when, they're, when the movie <laughs> credits go on and you got like this like dinosaur music going on i think that is kind of cool but anyways but yeah, I mean that that's like twenty like you said like twenty five, probably like forty five minutes to an hour of this movie is just them walking. Which I mean, lets me know like I'm I'm realizing that a lot of films I've seen since this one was made have ripped off elements of it, and now I know where Peter Jackson like Lord got of all the rings. Exactly. Yeah. I was going there, I was like, Peter Jackson, I know that's a lot of those books too, but Peter Jackson was intent, no, we must show the walking. I bet you he is a fan of this too, if he come down to it. 
but it is a lot of just walking around. And what I realized is that the story here is really thin, so they've got to do something to pad the time. I mean, it's barely 80 minutes with the credits, without the credits. So, I mean, they, they've got to do something here. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, it's just a lot of walking. But anyway, so that one guy gets killed by the uh, Triceratops or whatever you want to call it. And then they continue on, they continue on. And then we get introduced to the big bad of the movie, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> it's the, the, the group runs into a Stegosaurus or a, is it a Stegosaurus? It, it is a Stegosaurus. It's, it's not a very yeah. well rendered one, but it is a Stegosaurus. The, yeah. Years before the Lost World would do this same battle, we get it here. Yep. So it, the group runs into the Stegosaurus, and then they run into the T-Rex, and then the T-Rex and the Stegosaurus decide to battle it out. And it's just, again, another hilarious scene because they all go running, and then like they just kind of like stop, and then they're all just kind of like laying on these rocks, just going like, oh, my God. Oh my there God, is a hilarious God. gif on the Internet of the T-Rex like walking toward one of the dark-haired females, and it looks like he is like trying to lift her skirt up, like if just going back and forth, back and forth with it, like they're rocking the film back and forth. It is hilarious. Okay, now, I, you know, I'm not making light of assault. It is, it is funny. I mean, because the expression on her face, she's like, I'm supposed to be scared of what? Because clearly there's nothing in front of her when they're shooting this, and they, they mad it together later and this is when the effects really don't work and they never work in any movie almost ever because it's so hard to match those things right you don't get the size right it doesn't look right and but i'll say it it is hilarious to see it rendered because it's so preposterous that i'm just sitting there with a big smile on my face going this is the dumbest thing i've seen in a long time but i'm having a good time with it and i thought he was going to eat her like i was i was waiting for like the blood effects because the blood effects on rv are really bad and the little clay man that gets thrown off the thing looks nothing like where his injuries end up i i was waiting for him to like bite her head off and it didn't happen like he gets away because one of the other ones shoots it with a laser that seems to mildly irritate it Yep, with a, it's. I think this is like an Allosaurus or something. It's like a smaller T Rex or maybe even like a baby T Rex. And this is you know later after they they run into the T Rex and they're you know they're still trying to make camp or trying to figure stuff out. And the uh, the doctor woman gets attacked by uh, an Allosaurus, and then the muscle guy ends up like throwing a spear at it. Then he's down there and he's got like a hand over her, and he's got the other hand with like a knife, and he's just like trying to keep the dinosaur off. And then all of a sudden the bearded guy shows up and he shoots it with a laser and it goes and runs away. <laughs> so I mean it it is it's funny like the way all that goes down, but it's this tense scene. But the thing it's 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 buttoned on by the super intense like da -da 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 -da, psycho ripoff type music that's underneath it like I'm, I'm laughing my head off the whole time at this because again it's it it looks like something that you would watch on a saturday morning i'm glad you said that 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 was a a thing for you because it looks like something i would need like a bowl of oh. frosted rice krispies to go through Yes, this would be something that's so good with watching, like Land of the Lost back in the day. Oh yeah, so. yeah, it's like one of those old shows like that. That's a good callback. Yeah, but as you know, we're not really getting that depth into this movie because there's no depth to going, get into. There's, there's nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, this, here, you so. know what? You've hit it. This is a thirty-minute episode of Land of the Lost with just a lot of walking scenes tacked into it. Yeah, or, you or really it's, cut all those walking scenes out, and actually have a pretty good half-hour episode of Land of the Lost, or or an episode of like Battlestar Galactica where they all beam down, you know, below. Or this is what happens on SETI Alpha Four, or what the hell ever. You know, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of thing. So uh, there's 
as they continue on, they realize that this T-Rex is going to become a problem for them. They, they find its cave and, um, or what happens is one night they're, you know, kind of getting making camp. And then you got the, uh, studio 54 girl ends up getting killed by the T-Rex. Yeah. And that's when they decide that, Hey, we got to take care of this guy. Cause he's the alpha predator of this planet. And we got to take him out to be able to survive here. So they go and they, they find its lair. He's living in a cave, which is also when you realize this is a very American film because Americans go to a new place. And the first thing they decide to do is kill the biggest thing of the indigenous species. So that well, they can then take over. <laughs> it's, it's like going to prison. It's like, you know, you, you, the first, got to do is find the biggest guy there and kick his ass i mean it's they're, they're will, doing the same thing i will remember that if i have to go to prison so i hope i don't have to but yeah i or you do like andy dufresne and you just chisel your way through a wall but either way you, you got the t-rex did the t-rex chiseled his way through a wall and now it's a cave yeah it's, yeah exactly he's, he's right in, that's what i wanted to know i'm like uh, why the t-rex would pick a cave i don't I don't know, but whatever. It's it's funny, and no, I love their plot though. Like they not only think we're going to take this thing out, they find a dead dinosaur and they smear it with the poison berries. They're like, we're going to leave it as like bait, so that the T Rex will eat it, and then it just takes care of it for us. But the T Rex, like, apparently has in- not only has great sight because they've done this gag before where the T Rex is coming after one of them. Excuse me, and they lay down like a a shiny reflective thing. Like a solar, you know, uh, what do you call those things? The solar panels. Not, that's not what it is. Uh, they lay down like one of those reflectors that you put in your windshield when you're trying to keep the sun out, right? And it blinds the T-Rex, and its little arm tries to go up by its eye, which I really thought was cute at, at one time. So they think they can trick this thing into doing it, but the T-Rex apparently has great hearing, too, because he's decided that, no, I'm going to come up from behind while you're walking in front of my cave. I'm coming in the back door. And that's when he springs his attack. So they do this whole poison dinosaur walk, which is another 10-minute walk up the stairs, basically for nothing like that never comes into a, a fruition at all that plan completely backfires because mike gets killed at that point and uh the, the backup plan was the captain's plan which is let's have big sticks for it to run into uh and all i was reminded of there was some of the the way that conan the barbarian set up traps for thulsa doom's uh army when it came after him and that other little dude they had a lot of sticks for him to run into it, it was but they were hidden like these are like out in the open is what's funny yeah, this T-Rex is smart when it needs to be and it's dumb when it needs to be. So they 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 decide that, you know, that's going to be the plan is that they're going to kill the T-Rex by having it, you know, run into, you know, by spearing it or having it run into this stuff. So they yeah. go to the cave and they lure, lure it out by yelling at him and he comes out, he chases after him and the T-Rex ends up pulling like a Jaws 4 and going right into <laughs> the spear. And just it, you know, just this big giant spear goes right into its belly, and then he ends up falling on the beard guy. And you think that the beard guy's dead, but he turns out he's alive. He's like, "Get me out of here!" Blah blah blah, because he's you know being laid on by the T Rex, and that's basically the movie. Yeah, they, two they two things that you caught there that that I loved though from other movies: the Jaws four ending and the original one where the shark bleeds to death and doesn't explode inexplicably. Yeah, the Jaws four ending and the guy that has to crawl out at the end—that's Ron Perlman at the end of Pacific Rim, and <laughs> he has to crawl out of that creature, the kaiju thing. Yep, but 
so the, the T-Rex is dead, and I guess that's the only T-Rex on the, in this planet or in this area. That's, that's what I wanted to know. How did you know that's the only one? I mean, what gives them that, I don't know, hope? No idea. That's all the, that's all the budget could call for was one T-Rex. So they, 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 they spring forward, you know, some distance in time, and the doctor woman had a kid, and she's teaching the kid how to count, and yay, the kid counts really well. And the short-haired woman's like, oh, do you think we'll ever – or no, the uh, doctor tells the short-haired lady. She's like, oh, do you think we'll ever be rescued? And the short-haired lady's just like, I don't think it matters anymore. And yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> what's what's amazing is they've maintained like their costumes have changed a little, like they've just torn off pieces of them, but they look the same. This looks like twelve minutes later or something. Nothing else has changed. The only clothes these people have, are what they came there with, and they've got like a log cabin and a farm and everything set up. I'm like, you people are resourceful. I'll give you that much. I I was impressed by their ability to adapt to harsh surroundings. So I guess the word got out to the other dinosaurs, like, we're just going to leave these people alone because clearly they mean business. They took out Tim, you know, the T-Rex, and that's all it took. But uh, no, that that is the ending, and that is not what I expected. I thought, you know, when all hope was finally lost, and I really thought another spaceship was going to come down and like shoot the T-Rex and that would be their rescue. And I guess they didn't have the money for that effect or whatever, but I I really wanted that to happen. I think. Oh, it's a survival story and man's willing to live, you know, in the harshest type of environments. So, but yeah, that's, that's the movie. Like I said, there's really not much as far as plot. It's just basically walking dinosaur attack, walking dinosaur attack, walking dinosaur attack, walking dinosaur attack, the end. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's really very simple. Again, I said, this is a good 30-minute movie buried around a lot of walking around. I think we're at the point of the podcast where it's time to get final thoughts, recommendations, popcorn ratings. I'm pretty sure you love this. I'm just really curious to hear what kind of popcorn rating you're going to give this piece of 70s schlock, Nick. Oh, I gotta get. I'm gonna give it a medium popcorn. I can't give it a large popcorn because it's it's not a good movie. It holds a special place in my heart, but it's not a bad movie. It's extremely watchable. Even the stuff with the walking and the character interactions is that it's just it's charming in a way. Just because it's it's not taking itself seriously, but it's not making a joke out of it. It's just like this weird in between that and it just makes it so watchable i think the special effects are pretty good and to me this is just like this is a story that like you and like your friends would have came up with at being nine years old on the school playground and just you know pretending there's dinosaurs around you and just kind of coming up you know you know just just having fun and that's just what this movie is is it's just a it's a fun little movie one that you know it's good on like a you know, probably a Saturday morning, you wake up, just want to throw something on, you know, before you get out of bed, just drinking your coffee. It's 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 a fun little movie. So for me, it's just, it's a solid medium popcorn. It's a lot better than some of those paranormal movie activity movies that we reviewed. So <laughs> I'll say this about this. 
I don't know that I can give it medium popcorn because to me, medium popcorn, like I've explained before, is either something that's really middling, like it just it's just not any fun and it kind of drags, it's boring, or it's something that had so much potential and it just fails miserably at it. But there's something to enjoy in it. This movie, to me, doesn't do any of that. I think it's small popcorn, but it's the good kind of small popcorn. It's that Saturday matinee small popcorn that you used to get when you were a kid. There's a, there's a charm to this. That's a great word for it, Nick. There's a charm to this film that cannot be denied. And I think it's best watched with a group of people that want to watch something that's unintentionally hilarious, you know, and, and have a good time with it. I think that's the way you are to consume this movie. And if you do it that way, you can have a good time with it. I'll give it a small, but it's not a bad small popcorn. I think it's a good small popcorn in that way. And it's a ton of fun to watch. And, you know, again, it doesn't take itself too seriously, so you don't have to take it very seriously. That's the best part of it, is this film has no pretension about itself whatsoever. The pretentious characters get it. They, they go down and, you know, which is exactly what you want to happen to, you know, the VP of, uh, Vice President Spaceways and all that crap. You want people like that to get their comeuppance. And he sure enough does, and they all do, and that's, I think that's admirable. So I'll give him an A for for uh, an attempt at doing something cool for effects that hold up, and the rest of it's a big D. But that's okay, because you can still graduate with that, and then we move on. Definitely. I think, you know, this movie is it's, it's a fun movie if you have, like, a little little boy. Yeah, I could see I could see your son eating this up, yeah. Yeah, just something that you can just kill, kill, kill you know, an hour, hour and a half. Just You can just totally just... Like I said, just you wait into, you know, you got to go out for dinner in a little bit and you just throw this movie on with your kid and you just sit there and just buy the time watching this. They'll have fun. Something that's not, like you said, don't take it too seriously. It's just uh, it's just a schlocky little fun movie. Exactly. And sometimes schlock can be a good time. So we, we both agree it's good. We give it different ratings on popcorn. But I think it, it, we both say, yeah, it's definitely a watch and, and give it. And that wraps up our review here on this one, Nick. And yeah, we got a couple of interesting ones coming up next for us. The next time you're back on the show here in Spring of Palooza, where we're really kind of hitting around on a lot of genres and things. I mean, goodness, we've done you know, all those Michael Crichton 90s type of disaster movies. Not all of them, but those were a lot of the ones we did. And then we, we now we've done this. And you know, Kurt and I've done seven. We've got the usual suspects coming up later on this uh, spring. You and I are going to do a couple of Michael Douglas steamy thrillers next: Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct. Um, really looking forward to talking to, about those with you. Never seen them before. Oh, this will be fun then. I did not realize that until this moment. So this will be a uh, an interesting introduction. I am a fan of. Um, Two things when it comes to the steamy thriller. Either it's incredibly sleazy and so it's just funny unintentionally, or there's actually something good there and there's a good dramatic story. And I think we get both of those things, not to tip my hand too much, but we get those in those next two films. Looking forward to talking about those. Of course, folks, you can find those coming up on our iTunes feed in the, in the coming weeks. And then you can find all of our episodes on iTunes or on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. Click the link for film strip and movies, and you'll see all the stuff we've got in there. The Paranormal Activity series Nick mentioned. We've done, you know, Critters, uh, Hellraiser. We've done Alien. Uh, all of those. Tremors is in there. Terror Vision. I think this movie's in the line of Terror Vision, one of those fun kind of schlocky movies. There's another one. We've done a little bit of everything. We've even, you go all the way back, like way back. We even did those Ghostbusters movies. Like that's our first retrospect 
perspective. And I'll tell you now, like we've gotten a lot better at this since those shows, but there's that new one coming up. So if you want to listen to those, you can do that and get yourself ready. But all that stuff there on our website. And hey, give us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Hook up with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We appreciate your support. Till next time, for Nick, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com forward slash movies. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and link up with us on Facebook. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121.